Hi there, welcome to Series 2 of the Release the Sound podcast, where we talk all things prophetic worship. I'm Raymond Waterman, and it is my passion to empower, to educate, encourage, and equip you to release a sound of heaven that transforms the communities that you are a part of. So stay tuned, listen to some amazing guests, and be blessed. Thanks for joining me. Hey there, Ronald Waterman here. You are back for another episode of the Release the Sound podcast. And guess what? I'm not interviewing anyone today. You get me for the whole podcast. So I hope that doesn't make you switch off. But I wanted to talk to you about something that is really close to my heart. And before we get into that, I want to say that if you're listening to this on your podcast platform, you'll also find the video of this on my YouTube channel and vice versa. So if you haven't checked out the podcast and you're watching this on YouTube, go and check it out. Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. All right. I am excited about this topic because it is a question that I get a lot when we talk about worship, and that is, what is more important, encounter or theology? And we often have churches that are on opposite ends of the spectrum. So we might have a church that's very steeped in those songs that carry really good theology. They're really just the scriptures or, you know, they just carry the word of God really, really well. And then you might have the churches that are full of encounter. The Holy Spirit is meeting people even on the platform. People are seeing signs, wonders, miracles. And so I have people say, I don't know which one is the right way. And I want to encourage you today that you can actually have a marriage of both. And I want to share with you some important thoughts and comments from some of the great theologians of our day from both ends of the spectrum, and then come back to the Word of God in how we can actually marry theology and encounter together. It was always meant to be both. And when we see that in our worship, when we see that in our songwriting, powerful things take place in our worship. So let's go into that. Let's delve into that and find out what people say about this and what the Word says about this. So I want to begin with this beautiful quote by Robert Henderson in his book, Operating in the Courts of Heaven. You might have read that book. Now, this is a man who... um, Uh, He says himself in the book, experiences signs and wonders. He has a very strong um, passion for that. But I like what he says here. This is why I found this quote interesting. He says, there are those who exalt their seeing prophetic gift above the word of God. They're coming up with all sorts of strange ideas and doctrines based on something they saw or encountered in the spirit realm. But the problem is there is no biblical foundation for it. And if we forsake the Bible as the foundation of our belief system and function, we will pay a heavy price. It will invariably lead us into error and even deceptive spirits operating in us and through us. And I believe in the things of the spirit. I even believe in mystical encounters. This is because On the other side of the coin, I don't want to cut myself off from the moving of the Holy Spirit and his revelations, but all things must line up with the word of God that he has given us. If they cannot be verified from the written word of God, they should be outright denounced or at least held in a high degree of suspicion. He then goes on to say this in page 11 in the first chapter of his books. 
He says, notice that our revelation of God that allows us to worship is one of spirit and truth. This means the Holy Spirit and his revelation are essential to us knowing who God is and how he moves. However, truth is deeply necessary. Without the truth, we will misread things in the spirit realm. That is a very powerful sentence right there. Without truth, we will misread things in the spirit realm. The devil can slip in and cause us to be led astray by pushing ideas that at their core are true, but brought to extremes become error. Only spirit and truth can keep us rightly balanced and moving in the things of God. But the problem for many is they want spirit, but have no real regard for truth. Their truth is their own experience, and this will inevitably lead to deception. The truth must be written from the Word of God, being used by the Holy Spirit to bring revelation, insight, and encounters. They were long quotes, but I really resonated with that when I read that because he's saying, hey, it's not one or the other, but they do need to marry. They do need to match up. And, you know, I think we can all agree that to encounter God is one of the greatest experience we can have as humans. Don't you agree? I mean, there's nothing like it. We want to have that encounter. And I love what this theologian, Pierre Talhard de Chardin, I might not be saying his name right, but he once said this. He said, you might have heard this quote, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And so we want to have an experience of God because that is how we're made. We are spirit. But yet often those experiential moments in worship often can be met with skepticism, can't they, or mistrust. And yet if I just go back and forth to lead others in worship well without losing them, we also need skill. We need a good handle on theology, but you still need personal experience of God in times of worship for yourself. You can't share the love of the Father without experiencing the love of the Father. So there is experience involved. So on one end of the spectrum, I think we can often dismiss the importance of experiencing God in a supernatural way, in preference for being skillful or even out of concern for that loss of theological safety. So much so though that we err on the side of caution and in doing so our worship experience becomes safe or even if I even if I dare say it a little bit boring because if there is no experience again the energy or the synergy of what the father wants to do can be lacking knowledge is important but experience is just as important it's not one or the other in fact I think that just having knowledge or just having experience does not carry the fullness of our faith. We really need both. And, you know, this is actually affirmed by many um, Christian theologians. The Christian apologist, Tim Keller, I love this. He has a book called Prayer, Experiencing Awe and Intimacy with God. He writes this. He says, we are not called to choose between a Christian life based on truth and doctrine or a life filled with spiritual power and experience. What a freeing thought. You do not have to choose. You can have both. Father David Stanley, in his book, I Encountered God, The Spiritual Exercises with the Gospel of St. John, he explains it this way. He says, 
Christian contemplation is not merely an exercise of pious imagination. It is the quintessential means of relating in faith to the crucified majesty of God. Watchman Nee says this, genuine spiritual knowledge lies not in wonderful and mysterious thoughts, but in actual spiritual experience through union of the believer's life with truth. So we see that we need both. You know, my personal journey of this is I was kind of maybe a bit opposite than um, some people. I really started my journey experiencing God. That's probably because my gift is as a uh, prophetic voice, but I saw visions from an early age. I had encounters with the Lord from an early age. And it wasn't until I got older and people started asking me to teach that I realized that my theology was lacking because I knew the experience of God and I knew it was the Lord, but I didn't know how to marry it to scripture. And so, you know, the journey that I've been on in my life is firstly, I started off just reading so much, reading the word, reading books, um, not just books that agreed with me, but books that um, would help me get a really good perspective on um, different expressions of the prophetic and different expressions of worship. And then more recently, the last five years I've been at university studying, uh, just completed a graduate diploma of theology and I'm doing a master's. And the reason why I did that is because I wanted to understand the theology of why I was experiencing what I was experiencing so that I could teach others. You know, my book, Releasing Heaven Song, which many of you have got, which is a book on prophetic worship, you know, that book, when I sat down to write that, it was really difficult because people were saying, will you show us how you step into releasing the prophetic song? And the honest truth was I didn't know and I didn't know what the Bible said. And that book really was my journey of going, how do I put on paper, how do I explain this so that other people can have the same experience and add the knowledge of what God wants to do when we worship? And so the encounter was wonderful. But theology, I needed to increase in my understanding of theology so that I could disciple, so that I could replicate. And it wasn't just getting stuck in this inside of me. So that's one thing I say about people that have a high experience meter is that when you are experiencing God in powerful ways like that, it's wonderful, but the discipleship component is missing. How do you translate? How do you pass on? the way that you experience God, because we're all called first and foremost to disciple people. That's the great commission, isn't it? And so if we're not discipling people through our experiences, worship leaders and songwriters, if we're just releasing something that's full of encounter that people go, oh, ah, amazing, but we're not able to help people and facilitate help facilitate their experience of the Lord, there is something really lacking. And theology really helps us with that. It helps us to be great disciples of people. So why is spiritual experience just as important as theology? We have explained that a little bit, but I'll say this, experience shows proof of a relationship, doesn't it? Experience shows proof of a relationship. I love how Dr. Stephen Pretorius puts it. He says this, a spiritual experience in a Christian context signifies the interaction of God. 
Furthermore, spiritual experience is an important aspect of Christian spirituality that in essence indicates a relationship and interaction between the believer and God. And he goes on to say this, a spiritual experience in Christian spirituality assumes as its foundation that a personal relationship with Christ exists. It further signifies spiritual interaction as a result of this relationship. So I don't know about you, but what that quote's really saying is to love someone is not just a cerebral exercise. It's not just something in the mind. It's not, here's the 10 steps. And if you just follow this, then you will have a relationship with God. I can know everything in the Bible. I can know the textbooks. I can know every scripture even about love. But until I experience that love of God for myself, I'm not changed or transformed by it. And so we must have proof of relationship. We must have experience. And, you know, I believe that's why Jesus wants us to know him in both spirit and truth. And that's what uh, Robert Henderson talked about in the first quote that I mentioned. In John 4.24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in both spirit. I imagine and like to think in this context means experience and truth in this context, meaning the word, meaning our theology. It's not one or the other, it's both. And today, as you reflect on this, I want you to ask yourself these questions. Have I let the pendulum swing too far one way? Do I need more knowledge or skill or do I need more encounter? You know, I have people say to me, why do I need to learn how to write songs when I can just sit under the presence of the Lord and soak and then just release spontaneously what is on my heart. And I'm like, well, you can do that, but what about the skill? What the spirit and the truth, we need it most. And I believe that as we hunger and as we encounter him, it does spill into actual, it actually does spill into a desire to increase in skill. We see that with David in the scriptures, you know, he was one of the most skillful musicians and worshippers that we know of in the Bible. He was at the top of his field in terms of musicianship and skill, but it didn't replace his encounter of God. We need both. Our Father, we just say that right now. We want to encounter more of you, more of your word and more of your glory in the name of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. As we desire encounter, as we desire to understand the word of God, unveiled faces, we believe and we see the Lord for who he is. And we can move from glory to glory, which expresses really the process. You know, it's not like I've arrived, but there is actually a process of moving in the things of the spirit and the things of the word in a beautiful marriage that helps us to uh, know him and draw closer to him. So we need that encounter with the word. We need an encounter with the spirit. And in fact, you know, I'd even say this, a true encounter with God is with the Word, isn't it? John 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And so we see in this scripture, we see the person of Jesus 
is also the same as the word. He is encounter and theology wrapped up in one. Isn't that beautiful? He's the word and he's the spirit. Amen. And, you know, I think we seem to often misunderstand that encounter can actually also encapsulate critical thinking. You can actually use your mind and be a person of encounter at the same time. I think sometimes we misunderstand that the idea of encounter can actually also encapsulate critical thinking. You can still use your brain. You can still use your mind. And I would hope that experiencing God causes us to think deeply, to ponder, to contemplate what he is saying and what he is doing that causes us to reflect on the scriptures. You know, sometimes I have experiences in the Lord and then when I have them, I go, wow, this is amazing. But what does the Bible say about this? Is there any stories in scripture where there's been similar things happened or you know, what would the Bible say about what I experienced? I always take it back to the scripture. And I think that that's the brain part. We have the encounter, but we also can have critical thinking. And it's not like the opposite ends of the spectrum, as we've said throughout this podcast. So experience needs to be interpreted. And the reason why we have to do that, so don't just go for the experience. Also learn and, and desire to seek to understand why God is allowing you to experience something in a certain way, because I feel like that way it helps us as we sort of rationalize and think about things in our brain. It helps us make sense of it. You know, in fact, when I experience the Lord, for example, in a dream, if I have a prophetic dream of some sort, is as I ponder it, I get more and more revelation on it. If I just take it at face value, if God says something to me in a dream and I just take it at face value, that's wonderful. But the more I ponder it, the more I delve into the scriptures, firstly, I'm being responsible for carrying more encounter when I do that. I want to be the kind of person that God can trust with encounter. But I also find that the more I ponder an experience that I'm having, I start to have more revelation of what the Lord's saying and wanting to do. And it's beautiful. You know, the beautiful thing about experiencing God and using his word and using our mind is there is layer upon layer of revelation. So you don't just get something at face value. There is a treasure hidden deep in the darkness is like what the scripture in Isaiah says. There are treasures of darkness. The more deeper that you go, the more revelation can be uncovered. And it's so beautiful. There's dreams that I've had from years ago where I go back and think on them again. And I'm like, wow, something new comes up. And so this experience and knowledge and making sense of things, that rationalization is really, really important. It's when they're both separate that we see issues, you know. And so when we do this, the power of this is then it becomes, this is what's important. It then becomes a shared experience rather than a solely internal experience. And that is how you make disciples. You are able to share what is happening on the inside of you and then other people experience God for themselves. So to end this podcast, we need both. And, you know, one time a few weeks ago, actually, the Lord said to me, Roma, we actually need, my people need a theology of encounter. And I want to read to you what I wrote down that the Lord said to me. He said this, He said, it was never meant to be theology versus encounter. 
They are not two opposite or opposing ends. I want my people to have a theology of encounter. And I really believe our experience of God should be met with the power and alignment of the scriptures so that the word and the spirit can dance together in perfect unison. And so when you have those encounters, when you have those dreams of visions, parallel them through the lens of scripture. Ask questions often. Ask things like, what does the scripture share about this experience I just had? Learn the language of the Bible so that if the Lord allows you to share what you've experienced, you can communicate in a way that helps others understand. Finally, I love what theologian Daniel Albrecht says. This is what he says. He proposes that theology is what helps us examine our understanding of God, whilst our spirituality or our spiritual experience encompasses our experience of God. We need both. 1 Chronicles 22 verse 19, now devote your heart and your soul, two together, your heart and your soul to seeking the Lord your God. Lord, we just say the heart, the experience we want to devote and our soul, our mind, our thinking, we seek to know you in deep ways and we devote our hearts and soul to you right now. And I pray that for every person here. And finally, Job 42 verse 5. I love this scripture. I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Lord, we don't want to just be a people that know, that listen and hear, but we also want to be a people that see. And so we ask, Father, that you increase your knowledge of your word, your knowledge of scripture, your our understanding of what your word says but we also ask you to increase in our in signs, wonders and miracles in these days, Lord. We know that we need both and we ask you for a new season on the earth where it will not be separate, where it will be evident that as you move and as you love amongst your worshippers and your people, we will also be people that know our Bibles, that know the word of God, that it is rich within us, Lord, we just recommit again to you and to everything that you want to release in and through us as worshippers. Release your sound in the name of Jesus. I hope that blesses you. Hey, and I want to just finally say, if you've ever thought about sponsoring this podcast, you can click the link that's in these show notes. We do this as an act of faith, but every little dollar helps in helping us edit the podcasts and promote them and do all the work that needs to be done. You can check out Buy Me A Coffee. My link is in the, the podcast notes or on this YouTube channel. And $5, $50, $500 goes a long way. We thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Bless you heaps. Thanks so much for listening to Release The Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. If you're hungry for more, head to romawaterman.com where you can check out my book, Releasing Heaven's Song, Singing Over Your Nation for Breakthrough and Revival. It includes activations that you can use with your team or even on your own. And I've also got an online school where we have several courses on the prophetic, worship, spirituality and creativity. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. And until then, I pray that you will release the song of heaven over your family, your church and even your nation. 
and I look forward to sharing with you in the next Release the Sound Prophetic Worship Podcast.